In the previous year, I discussed the elements of nature, which sometimes in Chazal are employed to try to capture some of the aspects of Talmud Torah and the experience of Talmud Torah. And I mentioned a very well-known medrash in the beginning of Parshas Bamidbar that the Torah was given with three media, the media of Mayim, the media of Esh, and the media of Midbar. And these are the three media which were um, ambient in the moment of Har Sinai. The truth is, there's a fourth element. I'm sure there are more than four, but a fourth that I wanted to discuss, which wasn't really that evident at Har Sinai, but interestingly enough, predates Har Sinai and the association between that aspect of nature and Torah is well, well before Har Sinai. And this is the association between Torah and a tree, or Torah and trees, the tree in particular, and herbs and trees in general. Um... Of course, the primary association is established by the Pasuk in Mishlei, Paragimel. Um, familiar to most. The Parak in Mishlei is discussing Tara. Um, very well-known circle about Tara in the beginning of the Parak, in the middle of the Parak, a Pasuk in the Torah is more precious than pearls, and all of your desires or interests can't uh, be compared to it. And in the end of the parsha, or the middle, towards the middle of the parsha, the ways of Torah are the ways of Noam. So these are certain um, that are well known describing Torah. And then, of course, Eitz Chaimhi, Torah is like a tree of life, to those who grasp onto her, or to Torah, and those who support it, Mushar, very well-known Pasuk, interestingly enough, in Chazal's view, not just about Talmud Torah, but about supporting Torah. And in particular, as Chazal articulate, for those who can't learn Torah, or can't learn as much Torah as they would like, so they should be a Machazik of Torah, or a Tomcha, a Tomech of Torah. But, the clear association between Torah and a tree, There are other psukim throughout Tanakh, perhaps in Mishlei Parakud Aleph, doesn't really discuss Torah, but Chazal interpreted. Some instances to refer to Torah, pre-tzadik, Chayim. The fruits of a tzadik are the, the tree of life, of the lokech nefashot chacham. Chazal also understood the beginning of Tehillim. So the simple reading of the continuation of the parakh, the tzaddik will be like a planted tree. Um, that refers to the tzaddik being a firmly rooted tree on the banks of the river with ample water supply. But Chazal saw this phrase of like a planted tree. In some instances, this is a reference to the experience of Talmud Torah as well. So the question is, what exactly is the association between Torah and a tree, Torah and an eighth? Perhaps the imagery of Torah and eighth, because I'll say that that's part of why, um, part of why the Aron was built, at least the, the skeleton of the Aron was built from water. So I'll say in a Medrash, part of that is to once again reassert, it's a Medrash Tanchuma and Parshas Vayakil, to reassert why was the Atzei Shittim plating the, in part, the inner part of the Aron? Because Tarzik refers to Eitz Chayim, so this was a nice 
method to symbolize the status of Tara as an Eitzchayim. Um, another instance in which Chazal discuss the association between Eitz and Tara is Parshas B'Shalach, where Amisol reaches Mara, and they had not drank water for three days, and they begin to experience a bit of a spiritual decline or spiritual stupor, and have to be re- rejuvenated, and part of it is they're complaining that the local water is bitter, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes a stick or a tree, and he hurls it into the water, and the water becomes sweet. So the story that Chazal is seen as a gloss for Torah, that they had been three days without exposure and not to Torah, because they didn't really have the Torah per se, but they hadn't been exposed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This was three days after Kriyas Yamsov. And that distance from HaKadosh Baruch Hu led to that spiritual melancholy, and that melancholy had to be um, had to be repaired by exposure to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And of course, Chazal say this is the source of Kriyas Torah, that three days shouldn't pass without formal Torah study, without formal, formal Torah reading. But there's an interesting language for HaKadosh Baruch Hu throwing the tree into the water, Vayarehu Hashem Eitz. That word Vayarehu comes from the word to throw, Yero Yere, to throw, to, 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 to relocate. Lirot in modern Hebrew means to, to shoot at something. But it also comes from the word Torah, Vayarehu. And according to some versions of the manager, Kadosh Baruch Hu taught them Torah. And by Yorei Hashem ate them, and he threw a branch or a tree, but he taught them Torah, and that exposure or re-exposure to Torah is what enlivened them. So these are the locations, whether the Pesukim in Mishlei or the Pesukim in the beginning of Tehillim and uh, the Atzeshitim. But what are the meanings? What are the messages of this association between Torah and the tree of the Neitzchayim? So I think the first thing could be categorized not just as Tara as a tree, but Tara as a particular tree, the tree. The two most famous trees in history are probably the Eitz Hadas and the Eitz Chaim. And that phrase in Mishle, Eitz Chaim, the Machasikimba, which means the tree of life, and of course Tara is the giver of life, and Kichaim Heim Lemotzaihem, somebody of Sukkim associate Tara with life, but it's not just a tree of life, but it's the tree of life, with the Hayadiyah. And the association between the Eitzchayim of Torah and the Eitzchayim in Gan Eden is manifold. So, for example, Chazal um, Darshan in a Medrash in Tehillim, Parakalas in Tehillim, Amar of Yudan, Lama Nimshul Atara Le'Eitzchayim, Lama Lecha Ma Eitzchayim Parasu Lechol Boy Olam Began Eden, the tree of life was interesting, available to all those who will enter Gan Eden. Remember, it wasn't available to the first people who lived in Gan Eden, but it was available or will be available to those who will return to Gan Eden. Tara is something which is extended to everyone who lives on this earth. But it also allows them to enter the next world. So learning Torah allows a person to enter Olam Haba, the immortality of Torah, which I discussed in some of the earlier shiurim. And in a functional sense, it's the Eitzachayim that we can and should partake of, not the Eitzachayim of the original Gan Eden. And again, it's, it's hard for us to know whether that original Eitzachayim was meant to be partaken of of man because 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Adam and Chava to eat of any tree of the Gan. There's only one tree they should not partake of. That was the Yetzadah. So the simple reading of the Sukkim and Bereshis is that man was meant to be immortal, and part of that immortality was either caused by the Yetzachayim or consistent with them partaking of the Yetzachayim as an Onish for them being expelled from Gan Eden and falling into mortality and into death. They were banned from partaking of the Yetzachayim. And the uh, swirling uh, swords, the Chefa Mesapechas, were placed at the gates of Gan Eden to prevent entry. So somehow Torah is immortal, like the Eitzachayim. It's the permitted Eitzachayim, and even more so, it's the it's the repair of Gan Eden. There's a very interesting Medrash Tanchum and Bracious, Miyanatel, Midina Shel Gehenim, who will be spared. The suffering of Gehenna, Misha Osek Batara, person who studies Torah, and the Medrash invokes this pasuk in Bereshis, the Kodesh Baruch Hu plays the Vayigarish Saadam Bereshis Paragimol Vayashken Mi Kedem Lagan Eden. The Kodesh Baruch Hu expels man, and he and he situates them in the east of Gan Eden, and some places in the east of Gan Eden as Akuvim, the cherubs, the slat, the cherub, and the sapechas, and the swirling knives, Lishmar as Derech Eitzachayim to protect. The path to the Eitzachayim, which was now prohibited, prohibited, forbidden fruit to Adam and Chava, but according to the Medrash, in order for them to be spared the suffering, either to be spared the fate of mortality, to be spared the suffering of Gehin, or Mishonsek Batara. And quote the very famous Pasuk in Tehillim, Adam, which obviously doesn't mean that the, um, the servants of HaKadosh Baruch who have double-edged knives, but have a knife of, of mouth, a knife of Torah. So if you study Torah, you can overcome the cherif hamisapachas. Um, the continuation of that matter is even more intriguing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks to Adam and Chav, Amr Lai HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Anihi Nachticha Began Eden, I place you in Gan Eden, Shetehiyagea B'Torah, you should study Torah, V'Tocha Me'etzachayim, and you should eat the Etzachayim. So again, this Medrash affirms that originally immortal Adam and Chava were meant to partake of the Yitzchayim and to uh, perfectly consistent with it. That causes immortality. It's hard for us to believe that something as existential as immortality should be caused by which fruit you eat, but it's a Mechadish Baruch will be stowed man, and it was just natural for them to partake of whatever that tree was. If it was a physical tree, and Mechadish Baruch wanted that immortality to be extended by Torah. So it's almost as if in, a, in the original Gan Eden, to put it into more direct terms, there were two Eitzchayims. There was the Eitzchayim of whatever tree was there, and the Eitzchayim of Torah, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted them to partake of both. And then when they were expelled, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them, you will no longer be uh, have availability to the actual Eitzchayim, but you will have availability to the Eitzchayim of Torah, the Machazikimba, and that will enable your re-entry into Gan Eden and presumably your ability to once again partake of the actual Eitzchayim. So there are a, a, lot of, a lot of different angles in which Chazal attack this or approach this, but the commonality between them is that this Pesach in Mishle doesn't just call Torah an Eitzchayim, a tree of life because Torah is immortal, but it actually refers to it as the Eitzchayim the tree of life in Gan Eden. second reason that Torah is compared to a tree is because the tree captures the growth and productivity of Torah. 
tree typically is one which produces fruit and growing, and is the growth element of Torah that a tree is meant to symbolize or to evoke. That's a growth in general. Obviously, Torah is a dynamic experience, and ideas yield new ideas and other ideas, and there's a dynamic aspect of Torah. The very famous Beis Yosef, who comments on one of our Birchas Atara, one of the Birchas Atara, the bracha which we recite before we, before we have an aliyah, when we have an aliyah, we recite it every morning in Davening, excuse me, the bracha after Kriyas Atara, I apologize. So the Beis Yosef claims that the first part of the Pasuk, that refers to Tarashi Bechsav, it's the word of Hashem, so it, can, it alone can be called MS. It's the immutable, perfect word of the Rabboni Shalom. And that was the delivery. Hashem delivered the Torah. Harsinai Shavuos is referred to as Yom Matan Torah. Yom Nesina Satara. Hashem delivers it as a gift, as an extension. The second part of the Pasuk, V'chaya Olam Nata B'Sochina, refers to Tarash Shabbat Tarash Shabbat that's something Hashem delivers, and it's not referred to as Tarash Amas, because it's a, it's a um, multi-faceted Torah, because there are many truths, many divergent truths, because human beings see the truth of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in different ways, there's different ways are expressed in the Odyssey of Tarash Shabbat but not only is it not called Taras Amis, but it isn't delivered to the verb of Nesina, it is planted. Hashem plants the seeds of Taras the ideas and the concepts, and then it germinates in the human imagination, in the human heart, and then it starts to grow. Now, how you understand the role of creativity in Tara is one of the earlier shirim in this series, and whether everything was given to Moshe and Harsinai and we're just recovering those lost truths or we're actually creators of truth. I mentioned some of the sources in an earlier shir, but you can't deny the dynamic element of Tarash Shabbat So that second part of the pas of the bracha, Nata, is very consistent with a tree or growth imagery, and that seems to be one of the reasons that Tara is associated with a tree, a tree of growth. There's an actually very poignant medrash in Noah, and it appears in several other locations as well, that, uh, that targets another element of this association between a tree and Torah because of the growth of a tree and the corresponding growth of Torah. This is a Pasuk, or this is a medrash, on the Pasuk Elatoldos Noah, so it's a very uh, relevant moment for Hazal to be commenting on human productivity, Toldos Noah, the activities and the children, literal and figurative, of Noah. And the Medrash quotes the Pasuk in Mishle, which I mentioned earlier, Preet Sadiq Eitz Chayim V'lokech Nefashos Chacham. Preet Sadiq Eitz Chayim. So the Medrash runs as follows. Amr B'hidah HaLevi Bar Shalom. B'shash Adam Tzadik Mistalik Min HaOlam B'lo Banim. A sad scene of a Tzadik who is childless. Hu Meitza Ubocha. That Sadiq cries and is in mourning. Why do you cry? Because you didn't have any children, any biological children. I have something which is a better fruit than actual children. 
What fruit do you refer to? It's the Torah that she studied. It's not just about general productivity, but about Torah as literally the concept of a pre of a person's uh, almost a child. The Torah is your child and you're its father. And you're the creator, and in this case, the Kaddish Baruch Hu evokes this Pasuk in Mishle in a very sympathetic or empathetic moment about a tzaddik who suffers on the eve of his departure from this world because he fears and he feels that he has been sterile or barren in this world. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu assures him that the dynamic activity of Torah surpasses the experience of biological reproduction. But either way, this is probably the second reason that Torah is affiliated with Eitz Chaim or pre-Tzadik Eitz Chaim because there's, there's a growth of Torah. Torah is not meant to be static. Chaya Olam, not in general, but particular in Torah Shabbat A third association between Torah and an Eitz, or in this case not only Eitz, but all sorts of vegetation, in our context, the beneficiaries of Western medicine we don't really associate trees and herbs with medicinal, herbal uh, capabilities. So those who are into homeopathic medicine and uh, organic forms of medical treatments so probably have a better sense. But turn the clock back uh, four or five hundred years and clearly people saw trees and herbs and vegetation as a primary source. In some cases, an exclusive source of medicinal remedies. So the Chazal saw it that way. And this Pasuk of um, Mishle, Perak Tesvav, mentioned the Pasuk in Mishle, Perak Yudal, of Pri Tzadik Eitz Chaim. The Pasuk in Mishle, Perak Tesvav, Marpe Lashon Eitz Chaim. The tree of life heals the tongue. Chazal saw this as a reference to the healing power of Torah, that I mentioned in earlier Shurim as well. Very famous uh, Gemara that if you feel an illness or a disease, Chash Berosho, Yasak Batara, Chash Bechogufo, Yasak Batara. And we certainly believe that if a person really learned Torah with all their might and interest and focus, it could have medicinal healing capabilities. Uh, but like everything else, we're not at that level, so we have to take recourse with more uh, practical and more, um, I guess, scientific forms. But Torah ident- uh, ideally is a healing, Shivas Nafesh, is a healing experience, psychologically and physiologically. So this is a Medrash uh, in, in Parshat Mitzvah talking about the healing power of Torah, particularly against Lash and Hara. Um, the Medrash says as follows, and Torah is the direct refuah spiritually and physically for the toxicity of Lashon Hara, Shinemar, Marpe, Lashon, Eitz Chaim, Arpasek, and Mishle. The healing of a tongue is the Torah which is studied by that tongue. And there are various moments in which Chazal articulate or amplify upon this healing capacity. There's a very apocalyptic vision in Yechezkel, Perak Mem Zayin, um, in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu places 
the Navi and, and he witnesses water, copious water, emerging from the base Hamikdash, radiating in all directions. All the living creatures which will grow, they will be able to drink this water, and the fish will be many. And everything will be healed. So there's a healing sense of the waters expanding out of Yerushalayim. Very apocalyptic medrash, uh, section in Yechezkel. And as these supernatural rivers are emanating from the base of Mikdash, this is Yechezkel Perak Memzayin Pasuk on the river, on the banks of the river, on either side of the river, the all sorts of trees and fruit producing trees, their, their leaves won't wilt, their fruits won't cease. The and the fruits will be eaten, the and the leaves will be a healing, medicinal element. So the association between Torah and a tree, it's unclear whether obviously this the literal meaning of this medrash is referring to a river and, and and trees that will grow, but it's part of the Part of the figurative meaning of the Torah, which will come from her, from usual lines in the base of Mikdash, it itself will heal people. Hard to know in this apocalyptic setting, but either way, that Medrash in Mitzara and the Pasuk in Mishlei, Barpei Lashon, Eitzchayim, with a clear association to the Eitzchayim and Machazikimba, that's probably the third reason that Torah is associated with a tree, a tree of healing, a tree of life, not just the life of immortality, but even the life of mortality restored. Um, against the uh, deleterious effects of a disease. And probably the fourth reason is based on a very interesting drush of the Vilna which is cited by his brother, the brother of the Vilna of Avramula. So he wrote a sefer called Ma'ala Satara, of Avram, and uh, a personal element on the Avram, the brother of the Vilna Gaon was my great, 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 great Zaydi. In fact, I have a son, Noam Tarragon, whose middle name is Noam Avram, who was born in Nisan, or in Yudchas Nisan, I think, right around, let's forget offhand, the yard site of Avramula, the brother of the Vilna Gaon. And we named him Noam Avraham, in part because he was Dar Asiri of Avram, and he was born around his yard site. It's a beautiful sefer. It's, I recommend the sefer called Ma'alot Hatara. It's a well-known uh, classic in the yeshiva world about, uh, it's, it's an ode, I would say. It's a loving, uh, it's not really musr in that classic sense, but it, it's studied as a musr sefer. But it's more a celebration. It's a sefer to read Arab Shavuot. So it gets you into the mood of Kabbalah Hatara. You can read the sefer any time, obviously. It has the same impact. But, yeah, that's a question. I mean, there's so many Gemaras, and how many mitzvahs gave us, etc., etc., and yet the number 613 seems so stifling, seems so limiting. So he quotes his brother, I've heard my brother say as follows. It's impossible to say, and I'm paraphrasing, that there are only 613 mitzvahs. And basically, every word in the Torah contains innumerable, innumerable mitzvahs. 
a limited amount of mitzvahs. However, each element of taryag, he writes, each element of taryag is like a sharash of a tree. It's like the root of a tree, and he quotes the Pasuk in Mishlei, just like one root can produce many branches, and each branch many twigs, and each twig many fruits, etc., etc. Similarly, each one of the Tariag mitzvahs is just a root. And every mitzvah can produce innumerous, innumerable, excuse me, branches and fruits, and as the Vilna Gon said, not just that, but each word in Tariag. So basically, the Vilna Gon's interest was in shattering the number 613, getting beyond 613. And the imagery of a tree was helpful in capturing this structured approach that each mitzvah is a category, just like the tree is. Obviously, a tree isn't structured in the organized sense. doesn't appear like a box. It seems very wild and untamed. But if you follow the network of a tree, it does have a, a, a precise structure. There's a trunk, and each trunk has larger branches that grow off, which produce smaller branches and twigs and leaves and fruits. And you can you can dismember a tree, or you can dismantle it into its constituent parts. And then, of course, something which was seen as a branch can then grow larger and become almost a root. There's obviously one root of a tree or one trunk of a tree, but we've all seen branches that grow so large that there's so many branches coming from them, they almost seem like an arm of the tree. And this notion, the Vilna more talked about the actual numeric element that we can break out of 613, but in addition to the numerics, it's also fascinating the structure of a tree. So the, the, the network nature, the organized nature, the, the ability to have both limited components and unlimited components. I mean, these large trees almost feels like an unlimited amount of branches and twigs, but if you break them down to their trunks and into their larger sub-branches, then you can more or less count them. And this is the fourth aspect of a tree that Torah possesses. And the ability to see, a short sentence or a short summary of the last two shiim, the ability to see Torah in a person's environment is indicative of how deep Torah is felt, and especially when people live in greater contact with their environments. We don't. We don't really visit the desert. We don't have as much contact with the seas as they did. And certainly, um, the trees, uh, many of us live in areas where there aren't that many trees to begin with, and even the trees we have are not as uh, as natural. They tend to be more uh, manicured trees and human, almost cultivated, domesticated trees, and fire for us is not the raging fires, but electricity and circuitry, but for them, nature was a very, very deep part of their experience. Lahavdil, Elaf, Alfa, Havdalos, Ben, uh, many people saw idolatry. They, they looked for divine essence in aspects of nature, whether people worshipped the planets or the ancient Native American Indians worshipped their environment, the seasons and the mountains and the forests and the rivers. And, and of course, more modern adaptations of that form of paganism, pantheism, in which there's a spirit of God that suffuses all of nature, the actual spirit of God. So we believe that nature is a Kodesh Baruch Hu's handiwork and see the beauty of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. That obviously we believe in and we recite every day in Sukkot Zimmer. But pantheism actually suggested that this actual spirit of God, God's presence, and that's something which, which is anathema to a Jew that Hashem's actual uh, presence, Chas is in a tree. 
But nature was something very powerful and very um, influential, impactful on human life. And, and for Chazal, the ability to see Torah in nature and affix Torah to different parts of nature was just a way for them to articulate the different components of nature and educationally, uh, different components of Torah, excuse me, and educationally to be able to create icons, hieroglyphs, in a person's day-to-day life, which would recall aspects of Torah and, of course, inspire greater commitment to Talmud Torah.